When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, are you ready for some money rehab? Wall Street has been completely upended by an unlikely player, GameStop. And should I have a 401k? You don't do it? No, I know. Girl! You think the whole world revolves around you and your money? Well, it doesn't. Charge for wasting our time. I will take a check. Like a old school You recognize her from anchoring on CNN, CNBC, and Bloomberg. The only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. The cold lapin. Today we have a listener intervention with a money rehabber who wrote in because she saw that her credit score dipped for seemingly no reason. She was hoping to understand why it dropped and how to pick it back up. We did go over some tips to boost her credit score, but our conversation turned into a bigger conversation about when your credit score matters and when it should take a backseat to other things in your financial life. Here's our conversation. So tell me a little bit about what's going on. So I'm not in any kind of like financial struggles and my credit score is pretty good. Um, It's in the higher, better area. However, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about how credit works and like how to properly use your credit card and all that stuff. And um, essentially, you know, I, I track my credit score, you know, through the app and it tells me all the time that I don't have enough credit lines open, but then it tells me that my credit lines that are open are immature. And, you know, and it's one of those things like I want to build my credit score and like make it work for me (laughs) essentially. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and I'm just curious, like, is it worth it to open another credit card, even though you're going to hit a, you know, get a hit on your credit score Stuff like that. So a few questions. What is your credit score? Um, it is in the seven high seven sixties. Okay. How often are you checking your credit score? Um, probably once a month. Why are you checking it once a month? Uh, because the app kind of notifies me if there's any changes. And you're concerned about little changes like five, ten points, twenty points, stuff like that. Well, there was a random like 14 hit, 14, you know, point hit recently. And then so it went down 14 points and I was really confused and I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And then it went back up 10 points and I was really confused by that whole thing. And so that's kind of what piqued my interest into figuring out what the deal is with credit. Yeah, it's definitely... A complicated thing. Is there a reason that you need a higher credit score than like 760? Are you looking into a big purchase in the future? Or is it just like you want to be an A student? <laughs> kind of both. <laughs> 
definitely want to be an A student. I mean, I strive to be, you know, like to keep my adult, you know, things in order and, and do the best that I can. Um, obviously we, most of us strive for that, but, um, you know, eventually it's hard. It is. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> but eventually we, you know, we went to build our dream home when my husband retires from military. So it would be nice to make sure that, you know, all of our ducks are in a row before that time comes. I mean, we have a while, but <laughs> that's very responsible of you. I am so proud of you. I too was the kind of student that did my term paper the day it was assigned, not the night before. I am a card carrying nerd for sure. And I fully get this. And when I started getting into credit, I would compulsively check my credit all the time. The thing about that is you don't necessarily need to do that, especially if you are far out from a big purchase. So when is your husband going to retire? Um, he will be retiring in about 10 years, but that doesn't, necess- <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean that we won't be buying a house within that time period. It's just, you know, by the time he retires, we want to actually like build our dream home, kind of, you know, settle down. So... I love this plan. This is a fantastic idea. I would like to come to the housewarming, please and thank you. (laughs) Um, Building a house, I've been through this before, is always over time and over budget. So it's really smart of you to get a jump start on it and to have all of your credit ducks in a row. Before I give you some credit hacks, and I definitely have some for you, I just want to let you know this is not a criticism at all. I know this is coming from a good place. You don't need to check your score as much right now. And you don't have to freak out about a 10-point increase or decrease randomly. If you were telling me that you're going to buy a home in six months, this would be a different conversation. And there are some ways in the short term right before you're about to make a big purchase that you can do to boost your credit score. We don't even need to get into that because we're not in that time right now. Like right before you're about to make a big purchase, you don't want to make other big purchases. There are different things that you can do with your credit to boost it. You can get a boosting thing from like Experian or whatever. But that's not your scenario, correct? Correct. (laughs) Okay, so I just want to caveat all of this by saying you're doing great. Thanks. (laughs) And I think that this is the better extreme to go to than the other side of not caring and not ever checking, right? But I think that there's a balance here from what I'm hearing from you. Right. And don't be so hard on yourself. Hold on to your wallets, boys and girls. Money Rehab will be right back. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream 
team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. It is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now for some more money rehab. So how many credit cards do you have? Um, I currently have two. Okay. Why don't you want another one? Um, just because, you know, uh, I don't know. I just points and keeping track of all these different accounts and when they're due and like which one that I should use. And like, you know, it's, it, it all gets a little bit for me, it's because, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I work full time. Like I got a lot of things going on already. And just the thought of like having to manage more accounts is a little overwhelming at times. So I totally get that. So is there a credit card that you're an authorized user for? Yes. Oh, is that one of the two or is that yes. separate? It's okay. one of the two. Okay. So you're the authorized user on your husband's Amex? Yeah. And yes. then you have your own Amex. Okay. I, I have my own uh, Visa. Yeah. How much are those credit limits? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, roughly. 20000 10000 5000 I'd say my Visa is probably closer to between fifteen to 20000 And then I think it's about the same for the Amex. The Amex might be closer to like 10,000 because it's fairly new. It's only a couple years old. So, And how much are you guys approximately spending on those cards? I know you pay them off every month, but still, how much are you using of the credit? I mean, definitely below 30%. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. So you know about the utilization. Yes. Will you, for folks who are new to this credit optimizing game, can you explain credit utilization? I mean, from my understanding is that if, as long as you're using below 30% of your credit, um, it is, it just looks better to um, creditors um, in the long run. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It is so important for you to not max out your credit card and if possible, keep it below 30% or 25%. But if you're trying for a perfect score, do you want to know the percentage you should keep it below? Yeah. Seven. (laughs) Seven? Okay. Seven. Yeah. And I know that's tricky. And there are a couple ways to do that. One way to do that is to increase your limit. So then 
the percentage gets lower. Have you tried to increase your limit recently? Um, recently, no. A couple of years ago, I did try to ask um, this bank to raise my credit limit for my visa. And they told me something along the lines of, we don't do that. I don't know. <laughs> they randomly increase it. You know, I get random emails that they've increased my credit, but um, maybe I just talked to the wrong person. <laughs> that could very well be. I would suggest trying again and asking for a credit limit, but also showing your credit report or at least telling them that you have increased your credit score since opening the account. Right. Because okay. that's what they would be looking for. Or if you got a raise. I don't know if you did or if your husband yes. did. Okay. Technically, a new job is a raise, right? <laughs> Perfect. Love it. So yeah, so I would go back armed with that information and ask for a credit increase. Never say no to a credit increase if you're responsible enough to not go crazy with it. Right, right. Because that means you have more available credit. And so then it just makes your utilization score smaller and smaller. There is no science, Carrie, to how many credit cards you should have. The jury is out on this one. It's it's kind of a mystery as far as credit reporting agencies go. I don't think there is a magic number. The general consensus is about three credit cards are okay. the sweet spot for your credit score. I would suggest, if you can handle it, to open up one more and put a recurring bill on it. So, okay. although you're in military housing, right? Uh, no, we are not anymore. Okay. So you're paying like cable and electric and stuff like that. Right. Okay. What I would do is I would just set direct deposit to that other credit card and just leave the recurring stuff on there. So you're not even using it for other things. You're just having something open with consistent low charges on it. And I think your credit score will love you later on for that. Great. <laughs> Truly. Have you uh, received your credit report? Um, I have, yes. What's going on in there? Um, not a whole lot. <laughs> is there any funkiness? Like, is there any mistake or is there no. a collections thing that you paid off? Is there anything to dispute? To be honest, no. Um, I actually don't have anything negative and I've actually helped my husband fix a few things in his credit. <laughs> Amazing. How did you do yeah. that? Um, well, I, I happened to work for a mortgage company, um, a while back and we were buying a house. And so I got to see what was on his credit report and there was something that was about, I don't know, $1,500 in collections. And someone told him that after 10 years, it just magically disappears. <laughs> and I told them, no, you just need to pay it off. And then, you know, your credit will start to build because his credit was not very great at the time. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of magic with finances or your credit score. I wish there was. I would be here for that. If there is a dispute, though, for folks listening who might not even have their credit reports, you need to get the actual report, not the score from Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. And if there is an issue or if there was 
something funky that you need to dispute or something you paid off already through collections that's still appearing, you need to write a letter to all the three credit bureaus if there's some negative information. There is a act, FYI, it's called the Fair Credit Reporting Act, that requires all credit bureaus to report only accurate information on your credit report. So if it's erroneous, you need to be responsible and tell them. If they don't do that, or if it is kind of your fault, you can also write a goodwill letter and you can basically say, I'm amazing, <laughs> which is essentially what it is. You can say, here's my situation. You know, oftentimes this stuff happens because, God forbid, people go through medical debt or have an emergency or an issue. So there are some goodwill templates that you can find online. And, you know, it, it seems kind of like a Hail Mary or a long shot, but you'll be surprised uh, how often creditors actually make goodwill adjustments. So I'm glad that you've looked at those. And I'm also glad that you've helped the hubs. <laughs> I hope he is too. Yes, he is. <laughs> so do you have any uh, secured debt? Um, right. Like as as far as debt, um, we both just bought new vehicles recently. I had my car for like 10 years and it was at that point where it was costing more to fix than to, um, you know, just buy a new vehicle. So, um, but that's pretty much it for me. I know when you get married, you kind of like marry into your spouse's debt. So no, my husband... (laughs) The husband does have student loan that he's still paying off, but we've done kind of like the snowball effect with all of that. So we've been able to pay off quite a bit of his debt and we should be able to have it paid off by the end of the next year, year and a half. Okay. And and then that's, I mean, other than the vehicles, that's, that's really the only other thing we have going on. So do you know what a secured credit card or a secured loan is? If you don't, don't worry about it. No. I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> yeah, so there are actual credit builder loans where you're essentially lending money to yourself and mm, then paying okay. it back. So you can make monthly payments into essentially a CD. You know what a CD is? You keep kind the money of, in there. Yes. Yeah, so you can mm-hmm. get it at a bank. They give you different interest depending on how long you leave it in there. And then you don't touch it and then you get it back. So if there is an amount of money that you can do without for a while, uh, the bank then reports your payments to the credit bureaus. And so when the loan ends, you receive the CD minus some administrative fees or whatever. But this is another way to increase your credit score, you can also do a secured credit card, which is essentially the same thing. You're backing it with cash. You got to tell you, Carrie, this is normally <laughs> stuff for people with crappy credit scores. Okay. <laughs> this is not for you. In fact, if you're trying to get your credit score into the 800s, which is like A plus territory, then oftentimes the advice is to close secured loans or credit cards. Gotcha. Because those are like, training wheels to get people into the, you know, 600, 700 region. So my biggest suggestion to you is just to not panic over an imperfect score. Honestly, most banks are going to offer someone with 760 or higher 
the best published interest rates there are. So the reason you want a higher credit score is to get lower interest rates, period, end of story. For credit cards, which it sounds like you're paying off anyway, for mortgages, for car notes, whatever. But you're basically getting the same rate as a very stellar credit student with a 760 as someone with an 850, which would be a perfect score, is getting. So my (laughs) suggestion, I know this is maybe not what you want to hear, but I can tell you all this stuff for folks that actually need to increase their credit score. But, you know, you can, you're doing great. Like, try not to micromanage your credit. You don't need to stress about it. I know this is not what you want to hear. And I do not mean to sound at all patronizing at all, but you're, you're doing great. And you know what? Just be aware of what it is. Keep up these good habits that you've already cultivated and don't panic if you haven't achieved perfection. It sounds like you know to check the reports and how to dispute those. Maybe now you know a couple of other little hacks. Now you know to always accept a credit increase. So that decreases your utilization score. I'm saying that 10 times fast. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe open up another credit card that you can just set and forget. Keep a bill on there. You have another line of credit open. Gotcha. I mean, that's super helpful because... It's 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 always nice having someone kind of reassure you that you're doing a good job. <laughs> and I was just curious if there was anything extra that I could be doing to, you know, make it better. <laughs> I am here to give you the money rehab, Nicole Lappin, rich bitch stamp of approval. Carrie, Perfect. <laughs> you're doing great. There are a couple little tweaks that I could suggest. And over the next 10 years, if you have consistency, you'll keep your score around the same level. I guess my biggest question is, what's your husband's score? Because if you guys are going to buy a house together, how's he doing? Uh, he actually is a, f- a few points ahead of me now. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So um, he's he's our breadwinner, as we say, because you know we move frequently with the military. So I'm usually having to switch jobs and I, you know, I don't have a job for a couple of months when we move a lot of the time. So he pays most of the bills. So of course, you know, the person who pays is the one who gets the recognition. So (laughs) I get it. It's my Halloween costume. I'm going to be a breadwinner for Halloween. I bought a bread dress (laughs) and I got a bunch of medals. So perfect. if you want to borrow that idea, um, (laughs) I have all the financial puns. For today's tip, you can take straight to the bank. I'm always down for a little credit score hygiene, but there are some times when it makes sense to look at your credit score super duper closely and other times when it may just be a distraction. If your credit score isn't where you want it to be and you're taking active steps to improve it, then go ahead. Stock your credit score like it's your high school crush on Facebook. But if your credit score is near that golden range 750 and up, you don't need to be tracking your credit score obsessively unless you're approaching some event where you know your credit score is about to be checked and you need it to be in tip-top shape, like buying a house, for instance. Otherwise, my advice to you is just pat yourself on the freaking back for acing your credit score, full stop. is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Our producers are Morgan Lavoie and Mike Coscarelli. Executive producers are Nikki Etor and Will Pearson. Our mascots are... 
Kenny, and Mimsy. Huge thanks to OG Money Rehab team Michelle Lands for her development work, Catherine Law for her production and writing magic, and Brandon Dicker for his editing, engineering, and sound design. And as always, thanks to you for finally investing in yourself so that you can get it together and get it all. You spend my-